<laughs> no, we were in Cincinnati last mm -hmm. weekend, and Scott wasn't feeling well. And I'm like, all right, well, if we're not going to go out and do something fun, we're going to lay in a hotel room bed and watch the banana split <laughs> on my phone. So he didn't feel so good. So you have to cuddle me. <laughs> well, at least there was that, but like, he didn't feel good. <laughs> Out of town, not his bed, right. some strange bed. He's gonna watch me and splits. Right. That's love. He loves you. I know. <laughs> So yeah, I ordered the banana splits, and there it is, sitting on my table. That's beautiful. Have Did you, you watch the special feature yet? Not yet. Not yet. Oh no. Behind the horror. Oh god. Uh, yeah, I haven't even opened it yet. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, I had to. I had to, just for sheer fucking curiosity. The look and then I on this little angel's me. face. Oh, she hated that whole fucking movie. <laughs> She was, she was like, I don't want to be here with the kid who's too old to love the banana splits. <laughs> Let alone having them chase my ass with axes. <laughs> she was like, mm. and then of course oh. she's like, oh, we're besties now at the end. At the end, because we survived trauma. Yeah, shared trauma. Trauma besties, yay! Oh my god, we get, we get to watch each other kill ourselves slowly for the rest of our lives. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> oh, got a needle in your arm? Yeah, let me join you. Uh, <sighs> sharing needles is it? Sharing is, needles is, is okay when it's I, between friends. Yeah, no, it is not. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, do not try that at home, kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Yeah. So, Creepshow? Creepshow! Creepshow! Hi, kids! It's Andy Conan Razor Blades. I'm your host, Bob. And it's Father's Day, Bedelia, and I got my cake. <laughs> <laughs> and here are my co-hosts. Please introduce yourselves. I'm OC, and I love the fuck out of these comics as a kid. I'm not a comic book kid. I never really was, but this one got me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Stephanie, and I just have a question. Bob? Yes? RC? What would you do without me? <laughs> oh, that woman! That woman! I love me some Adrienne Barbeau. I and I love her Adrian. boobs. Her boobs are fantastic. Mm. And they still are. Yep. They still... Uh, uh, girl, you got the good work done. Mm. <laughs> mm. Oh, I did... I kind of met her. I, like... I, like, got to her booth and went all, like... I was 100% sure I was going to say boobs. No. <laughs> no. No, I did not say boobs. I actually did not say anything to her. I just said hi, and then just quietly walked away because I got all starstruck in front of Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> That's valid, though. That's totally fair. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you were part of a very formative childhood. 
Not in the way that you think. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like... I think she was put on this earth for a lot of formative childhoods. She was. She was. Yeah. And I'm like, you are amazing and made me realize that I was gay. <laughs> <laughs> because those are fantastic and they do nothing for and, me. Yeah, in the best way possible. <laughs> right. I mean, you're, you're, she's beautiful. And I've always loved her hair. Of course, I've been watching her since fucking Maud, so... Yeah, yeah she has that um, tremendous, like, halo of hair. Right. You know? Right? She's amazing. I love her. So, uh, let's just jump right into this, kids, because I'm a little stoned. Um, but I, you're not listening to me get stoned this week. You're just <laughs> listening to me come down from it. Anyway. Creep Show, 1982. Like, right? rate, and subscribe, and tell us which one's better. Right? <laughs> Getting stoned or coming ah. down. Oh, shit. Uh, 1982, I was nine years old when Creep Show came out. That makes me happy. Um, director... I was borns. Oh, I'm old. Like I said, I remember Adrian Barbeau. No, we just have a, we have a nice generational we do. stretch on the show. We do. Because you're Gen Y or Gen X? I'm Gen X. Okay, I'm Gen X as well, and you are... I'm millennial. Okay, well, all we need now is a friggin' boomer, and you've got it. No, we don't need a boomer. No. No. Sorry, Hard pass. You're boring. Anyway. (laughs) Well, they've had plenty of time to talk. Yeah. We don't actually mean that. We're not... I'm not ageist. This is ageist. We don't don't need to give them more of a platform. Right. They have all of the earth exactly yeah they do they in fact do so anyway director george romero we, we obviously know, obviously night of the living dead monkey shines writer was stephen king the whole thing okay um this one was definitely not a flop uh budget was eight million gross worldwide box office 21 nice in 1982 money yeah that's sick yeah it did really really well um Starring, and this is most people, this is not everybody in the cast, because frankly, this is... Especially for an anthology, anthology. that can be real hard to do. Oh, for sure. So I'm not even going to give you who these people are in. If you want to know, you can look them up on IMDb, or what these people are in. There you go. Yeah, words. Anyway, so, um, Iva Jean uh, Sarsany, prologue in the epilogue, Tom Atkins, Joe King... Also known as Joe Hill. He is yeah. the author of Nosferatu and Horns. He is Stephen King's son. So, um, they were all prologue epilogue. Uh, Father's Day, we've got Carrie Nye, Vivica Landfor- uh, Linforce, Ed Harris, uh, <laughs> with most of his hair. Um, Warner Shook. Uh, the Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill was literally just Stephen King. Mm-hmm. He got a one-man show out of his own damn movie. It's good. Uh, it so actually was pretty good. Yeah. Something yeah. to Tide You Over was Leslie Nielsen, Ted Danson, and Galen Ross. I love that one. That's my least favorite. Really? Yeah. It, cause I'm, yeah. It's very Casco Amontillado, and I love that. But for some reason, I find Something to Tide You Over to be a little bit of a slog. Mm. I, lo- I love that one, but I always... I always convince myself it's in the Twilight Zone movie. Mm-hmm. And not this one. It feels the same. It does. Yeah. It does. It's, it's not... I mean, it is horror, but it's... It's, it's suspense. Of, it's yeah. just... Yeah. Or more Hitchcock. Yeah. yeah, way Hitchcock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then The Crate. Oh, this one's my favorite. 
Uh, Adrian Barbeau. my favorite. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Barbeau, Hal Holbrook. Was Hal Holbrook the one that was married to Dixie Carter? I think so. I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, while she's looking that up, Fritz Weaver. Um, and then Fluffy, the person in the crate, was Daryl Ferrucci. Uh, and then finally, in the last one, E.G. Marshall, They're Creeping Up On You. Okay, so, I uh, loved all of these people. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's a 84 right. to 2010. Well, that's when she died. Yeah. Know, so. um, but anyway, so, no, before we even begin, all right, kids, this movie is umpteen billion years old. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It is older than me. Yeah, it is. Well, isn't that nice for you? I know. As yes. I sit here with all my 37 years. This is a 37-year-old movie, all right? Everybody just soak that in. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is... This is... After the Hammer films and after the Amicus films kind of got out of the anthology business, um, they went out of fashion for a long time. Uh, and this was... In comparison to those Hammer and Amicus mm-hmm. um, anthologies, plus blending blending those things with the uh, the Tales from the Crypt comics sort of thing. Because Creepshow itself was not actually a comic. Creepshow was... It was a comic, but it was a graphic novel. It was yeah, not a Yeah, it was more like a graphic novella kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, but it was a comic. It wasn't... So it wasn't a book. Um... But blending those two things into this movie, which is a fucking masterpiece of practical special effects. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is like the heyday for practicals. This mm-hmm. is the good oh yeah. One. Um, it's just it, it's nuts how popular this movie got at that point. I also forgot where I was going. Mm. You wanted to. Say something before we dove into the movie itself. Right. No, it's it's just the the talking about how awesome this fucking movie is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, kids, I am a little more high than I intended to be. <laughs> um, no, this movie it, it, it's one of the movies that I got to watching with like with my uncle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that um, you know I was technically allowed to watch. You know, because uh, of my stepmother at that point. Um, but I remember my uncle bringing it home, and, you know, they were out or sleeping or something, and he's like, hey, come watch this movie with me. And it's like, cool. You know, uh, that and Phantasm. That's another big one that I remember. It's just a weird choice, but. Well, sure. they were at two separate times. Yeah. It's still a weird choice. Yeah, well, <laughs> when I'm nine years old, yes, it's a weird fucking choice. Um,. But I always appreciated the comics, the Tales mm. from the Crypt and the uh, the Haunt and those. Um, like when they did Masters of Horror, the episode Jennifer was, uh, I think it was Tales from the Crypt? I can't remember the name of the, the artist. Um, no, he was big in the horror comics because mm-hmm. he, he did a... That whole series was great. Oh, oh yeah. But he did this, this kind of hyper-realistic drawing mm. lots of shading and stuff like that so just his art always popped out to me from those things and this just it was friggin wonderful 
Ugh, I am belting right into the microphone. I'm so sorry. I will edit this shit out probably. <laughs> or probably not. I don't know. <laughs> no, it, it's... This is one of the ones I grew up with. <laughs> so I will always have a nostalgia boner for this. For Creepshow. Always. Always, always. What about you guys? When did you get into Creepshow? Um, I'm, I cannot give you an exact time as to when I got into Creepshow. I saw it at some point in my childhood. Um, but my big thing with that, like, the style of art and comic, um, I've always been fascinated with the covers. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. when I was, uh, when I did the summer reading program, I was a volunteer at the library for the summer reading program uh. every summer. <laughs> And I would go sit in the comic book section where they would have, like, the Garfield books, you know, and, like, the collections of comics and stuff and read Calvin and Hobbes and things like that. And I discovered this book that was basically just going over the artists of that time period. And then we they had another one that was all Tales from the Crypt, I think, covers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit and flip through them every time I went to work. And would just stare at him. I would just would be fascinated with him. I thought they were so pretty. Bernie Wrightson. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And Jennifer that I mentioned in Masters of Horror was from the uh, uh, the title Creepy, not mm. Tales from the Crypt. Uh. But still, I mean, that shit. Mm-hmm. Just, I never bought them. Right. When I, when I went to the... I, I never checked out those I mean, books. I would always just sit there and read. I checked them out. I, you know, I would, you know, read them, whatever. But, yeah. Yeah, I didn't buy them. I was definitely more a superhero guy, but I still loved them. They were amazing. And and mostly I was afraid to try and buy them because I'm 13, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they might not even sell them to me. I didn't know that it's a comic book store. They're going to sell it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it specifically says rated X right. on that title. Yeah. Like Faust. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was such a fun read. <laughs> It did not make a lick of sense, but it was fun. <laughs> but it, just that stuff always fascinated me. Yeah. Um, I, how about you? I had got my hands on um, one or two of the books when I was younger, um, but didn't know it was a movie for a long time. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I was 22-ish mm-hmm. um, that I started watching the movies. Um, and by that I mean the first and second one because I refuse oh. to acknowledge the third. Oh, okay. um, we will never ever, <laughs> ever we will say that this once and never again. There is no creep show three. I didn't even know there was. There one. isn't. No, there I, isn't. No. Save yourself. Run. Just do not. Like if you have the option to watch it, choose literally watch The Conjuring. Choose waterboarding. Also, yes. <laughs> what about that howling movie that doesn't oh, even show no. up on DVD? No. Howling four or five? No, I think it's five. Five? Actually, I think it's four. Four? Five went to video on demand. It has a musical number. I have to see it one day. <laughs> no. No, you don't. Yeah, I do, though. Save yourself. <laughs> Run. <laughs> Fly, you fool. <laughs> no. Well, let us know when you watch it. And I, I look forward to hearing you guys were right. 
<laughs> I look forward to hearing the vomit of profanities that are going to come out of your mouth after having watched that. Okay. That's going to be a stand-up at the microphone. Yeah, it is. Let me tell you how big a dumpster fire this movie is. I also expect that with the banana splits, the DVD of oh, which is on wait. the table right now and is going to RC for the night. <laughs> Anyway, Creepshow. Right. RC, um, what, finish what you were saying. Um, oh, no, I, just, I, I hadn't, I hadn't watched the movies until I was like uh, in my early 20s. Right, right. That was it. Oh, okay. uh, since then, I've loved it. The second one is... It's okay. Spotty. It's hit or miss. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's much more indicative of like any other anthology film where there's like yes. one good one and the rest are kind of bad. Yeah. The Lake, though. In Creepshow 2. Oh, yeah. Fuck that noise. Fuck it in the ear. It is. That is my <laughs> least favorite one from Creepshow really? 2. Really? Like, That's the some of the... That's me out the most. Some of the effects are pretty good until the end. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like... Meh. I will say I, I like the more animated... Um, segway pieces. I do like those. Yeah. That is true. Because I'm like, ooh, man-eating plants. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ready to go? Think so. Let's do it. Plotting. Plot. So, the prologue. A young boy named Billy, played by a prepubescent Joe, Bill, uh, Joe Hill, billed as Joe King, uh, Stephen King's son and author of Nosferatu and Horns, like I mentioned, uh, gets disciplined by his father, Stan, for reading a horror comic titled Creepshow. Stan reminds his wife that he had to be... Uh, that. He had to be hard on Billy because he does not want their son to be reading it, calling it crap, which is bullshit. And this is definitely one of those pick your battles parenting moments. Uh, as Billy sits upstairs with hopes of his father rotting in hell, that voice. I hope you rot. <laughs> what the hell was that? Uh, he hears a sound at the window, which turns out to be a ghostly apparition in the form of the creep from the comic book, beckoning him to come closer. Actually, it's more like beckoning the audience yeah. to come back. Yeah. And I'm like, I will follow you wherever you want to take me. <laughs> yes, Ghost Daddy. Scary. <laughs> Scary. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that kid, Joe fucking Hill, uh, looks just like his father. <laughs> that That is a miniature Stephen King, is who that is. Um... He went to the same elocution coach as the as the girl from Christine, though, because they sound alike. <laughs> they have the same inflection, everything. <laughs> but and you know the whole weren't you a little hard on the beaver last night? Really, lady? It's nineteen eighty two. Didn't you already go through like all, more than a decade of women's lib shit? Stand up for yourself when you get. Well. <laughs> Like, they never say what time period it was, and you know Stephen King loves to write in his childhood era, so yeah. maybe it was supposed to be fifties ish, sixties ish. Could be, but oh, that paneling in the bedroom. The the thing that bothered me the most is Tom Atkins' son's mustache. Right, I have a hard time <laughs> looking at him. Like you, there's nothing on your upper lip. What yeah. the fuck is happening? With it's you? Like something's wrong. <laughs> It's like when they CGI'd Henry Cavill. Like, oh, yes. Exactly. Uh, Hollywood and your fucking reshoots. Just do it digitally. You already know how. 
Just put another person there and plant Henry Cavill's face on them. Just don't even fucking bother. Whatever. Anyway. And also use that technology elsewhere. Yes. That's please. all I'm saying. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. With his permission. Yes. <laughs> Consent's important. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, kids. Father's Day. This one is my least favorite. Because for me, it's almost too real. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah. like, mm. Yeah. I actually really like this one because this was the one that... This was the one that reminded me that it's okay to be scared. I'm like, oh, hi. No, no. You're in the kitchen and touching food. That scares me worse than the fact that you're a corpse. You're touching and contaminating... <laughs> My nutrients. Stop it. Look at the cake alone. That is next level thought processes for a kid to be watching. That is next level. I was a, I was a chubby kid. <laughs> Excuse me. Husky is what I grew up husky. with. Husky. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, JCPenney. All right. The first story is Father's Day. The sequence begins in 1979 when the remainder of... Nathan Grantham's descendants, including Nathan's granddaughter, Sylvia, his great-grandchildren, Richard, Cass, and Cass's husband, Hank, um, get together for their annual dinner on the third Sunday of June. The new son-in-law is regaled with the tale of Nathan Grantham, the miserly old patriarch of a family whose fortune was made through bootlegging, fraud, extortion, and murder for hire. (sighs) Sounds like the White House. Um, Nathan was killed on Father's Day by his long-suffering spinster daughter, Bedelia, with a gigantic marble ashtray that is still lovingly on display in the family mansion. Yeah. <laughs> Bedelia was already unstable as a result of a, a, a lifetime spent putting up with her father's incessant demands and emotional abuse, which culminated in his orchestrating the murder of... which culminated in his orchestrating the murder of her sweetheart, Peter... Bleh, bleh, Peter... via a hunting accident. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Bedelia, who typically arrives later than the others, stops in the cemetery outside the family house to lay a flower that she just unceremoniously fucking yanked from the trellis <laughs> uh, at the gravesite and drunkenly reminisce about how she murdered her insufferable, overbearing father. When she accidentally spills her whiskey bottle in front of the headstone, this is from Wikipedia, kids. I did not alter... Much. Okay. So, I did not write these words that are going to come out of my mouth. Oh. I don't know if I'm scared or excited. I know. <laughs> Where was I? Girl. Uh, no, wait. Uh, when she accidentally spills her whiskey bottle in front of the headstone, it seems to have a reanimating effect on the mortal remains interred below. What the that is pretty correct. <laughs> it is correct. <laughs> Somebody was feeling themselves when they were writing this they article. Put that English language <laughs> use. There, there's this phrase called purple prose. <laughs> it's called purple prose because it's reminiscent of the shade of the head of your penis. Stop putting your cock on paper. Stop it. <laughs> Well, they didn't put it on paper. Well, true. 
Stop putting... Just quit it. Just <laughs> you were going to say stop putting it online, and you know damn well I was going to raise some objections. I know, because my dick is all over the place online. Thank you. Um, but I have no shame. I could never run for president, except wait, Trump is in office. Anyway. Oh, man. Thank God you've never seen those. Right? Oh, God damn. No, no, this... This is not true life horror. <laughs> we are here to review a movie. <laughs> Toad didn't deserve that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Suddenly, Nathan's putrefied, maggot-infested corpse emerges from the burial plot in the form of a revenant. Revenant. They yes. use the word revenant in a sentence. Yes. Again, that's correct. <laughs> You can be mad all you want, but they're right. <laughs> a revenant who has come back to claim the Father's Day cake he never got. Because he was dead. Girl, I'm a fat boy. I'm not going to interrupt my eternal rest for cake. For a whole ass cake? <laughs> really? There. What, what's it going to do? Agitate your diabetes? <laughs> you saw how bad he wanted that cake he when he really was alive. He really wanted that fucking cake. He really wanted that damn cake. He was a spoiled fucking brat. Yeah, he was. he was. Holy shit. For, I mean, dude, you're in your hundreds. Quit. <laughs> like, the thing I don't understand, and, and maybe this is just I'm too big of an asshole <laughs> to really get it, but like... Okay. Just take away his cane. What's he gonna do? Shamble at you? <laughs> I mean, I mean, when he was alive. <laughs> take away the cane. He stops banging it. Right. He, he'll keep screaming, but he'll tire himself out and need a nap in like three minutes. Exactly. <laughs> just, just like a baby would. Yeah. Let him cry it out. Yep. Sorry. I'm not Go sorry. elsewhere in your giant fucking mansion. Right. <laughs> like. Yes. <laughs> Arrange for the help to deal with your abuse, because I ain't got time for your shit. I don't think they pay the health enough for that. Probably not, no. no. She's still there, though. Yeah, yeah, good for her. Yep. Her ass is Put still there. Yeah. Probably because she witnessed murder. More than likely. <laughs> I bet she's making pancakes. Yeah, shit, yeah. Mm. Mm. How about we triple your pay and you never tell anyone that you saw? But you also could never work anywhere else. <laughs> Ever. Triple. Forever. <laughs> triple pay. But you never get to leave this house. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Oh no. <laughs> Wait. Uh, says the hermit. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait. Burial plot former revenant uh, who has come back to claim the Grant them slowly. That's a key word. Slowly avenges himself on Bedelia and the rest of his idle, scheming, money-grubbing heirs, killing them off one by one, which includes some apparent supernatural abilities such as making a heavy tombstone move at will. Yeah. Uh, before finally attaining his Father's Day cake, topped with Sylvia's severed head. Um, while while the ending is left in, ambiguous in the film, while while with Nathan gloating over a terrified Cass and Richard in freeze frame, the comic book based on the film gives a vague hint that Nathan's next act was to blow out their candles. But um, 
Go out with a dad joke, bitch. Let's do it. Ah, <laughs> uh, motherfucker. Who puts uh, candles on a Father's Day cake? I don't know. I know what the really metaphor like is supposed to be, but... Right? People who really like candles, yeah. I guess. Try harder. People that work at Bed Bath & Beyond. That's Or, sorry. Bath & Bottle Works? Body, that's the uh, one. I knew there was many, many bees. <laughs> I just... Bees. Now I have an image of this cake, but instead of Sylvia's head, it's just one of those fat-ass three-wicks the Bath & Body sells. <laughs> Just jammed in the middle of the cake. Ah, <laughs> uh, but no, that dude was an asshole. And I find that in movies uh, such as this, usually the old dude is an asshole for a reason. For a reason. But Delia, yeah, maybe she wasn't in it for the money because she found her sugar daddy, and then her daddy had him murdered. Right. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> She wasn't going to take your money. She had his. Right? You need to calm your ass down. Yeah. Calm down. Simba down. You know, I think the dad was just a piece of shit. Yeah, he was. Like, yeah. He completely was. I don't I need mean, to humanize him and give him a reason. He was just a piece of shit. Anyone with that haircut. Come on, man. Oh. If I judge people by their hair, my lifetime would probably be cut short. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You guys hear the things I say here. I'm, like, I imagine... I'm surprised. Imagine me let loose on the wilds. I'm surprised <laughs> that no one's taken out, you know, a price on your head yet. Uh, <laughs> There's still those threats. Right? There are. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but what is up with that fucking weird-ass disco dancing? Yeah, that we didn't talk about. No. The no. family is weird, and Super I'm pretty weird. sure... And I, that the that the grandchildren fucked a lot. Right? Okay, but so it wasn't just me. No, it he's not. just this evil pansexual imp in the corner. Yeah. And he's eyeballing Ed Harris, like, go ahead and fuck her. I had her first. Yeah. Right. Like and then I'm gonna have you. Yeah, and then I'm gonna, you know, bend you over, my it's, friend. It's real weird. It is. Not that I would mind you know, wouldn't mind fucking Ed dude. And Sylvia is just so like looted out or whatever right. that she don't care. Right? It's just weird House of Yes style family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and for those of you who are very young, she's talking about Quaaludes. Oh yes. They're a barbiturate from the seventies that eventually went away. And that makes me sad. Because I heard <laughs> they were amazing. Yeah. I would like to have tried Quaaludes. Yeah. I mean, Valium's fine. Yeah, she's Xanax. She's Xanaxed out. Yeah, it, it's along those lines. Kate. Yeah, it is a pharmaceutical. That she's she's was very illegal. Was well, I mean, except one, except for when it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> she's got you know she's got her you know third bottle of wine going. She's dropped a couple Xannies. Mm-hmm. She is not feeling anything. At all. She is not. She is down for everything. She is down for everything. She is neither here nor there. Nope. And Just, grandma. Yeah. Grandma was pure rich bitch. Pure, like. <laughs> Like, I mean, ugh, words escape me right now. Like, pure, like. If you say rich bitch again, I'm hitting you. 
success. 20% gay. I have Scott on making those t-shirts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Now she's pure fucking Joan Collins. Oh, yeah. Pure yeah. dynasty. Pure, just... It's... It's almost weird to see that that kind of character now, yeah. after uh, Downton Abbey, right? Because <laughs> right. that's that's all I see. Yeah, is Maggie Goddamn Smith, and I'm just like, but, you're not her, so you're not as good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie Smith, if you hear this, you're my new grandma. Please, <laughs> please, please. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this family's fucked up. And I'm yeah. kind of glad they all get eaten by a corpse. Yeah, but the, I mean, that's the get point. Eaten. You well, want... They don't all the, get eaten. I mean, at least one of them is on a cake. Yeah. Yeah. So he needs to have his dinner first. Otherwise, he can't have his Christmas pudding. Who's going to punish him? Like, I, don't, him, I don't know. He was pretty, like, dead set on smacking his hands into the thing. Do you He's really just want to say dead set? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> <laughs> But no, this is this is not my favorite of them. However, it is the one that taught me, hey, it's cool to be scared watching this. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, everything after this was downhill. Um, <laughs> it really was in terms of the scare factor. It really was. Um, really? Yeah. Was the crate coming after this? The crate? Because that one got me. Like, <laughs> hands down, the scariest the one. The crate is my favorite one. It is not the scariest one to me. This one is. Okay. The 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 um the beach one was the scariest one for me. I mean that's but, the most realistic of them. Yeah. Uh but I do <gasps> love Aunt Bedelia in this. Oh yeah. Just like, that vaguely Scandinavian. I just kinda wanna sit and watch her for a day. Yeah. Like the Grey Gardens crew just mm-hmm. comes and does a mini documentary on Aunt Bedelia's life. Right. She's Whacked. <laughs> that that was a word. Yeah. We just but, invented right here. Yeah, but but she's Whacked. drinking a lot, so she's yeah. got it on. She's got it handled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she she's all about that 1970s self medication. It's wonderful. Oh yeah, wonderful. Um, but Jesus, Ed Ed Harris. I'm like, okay, they've got ashtrays in the house. Why are you going outside? Why? To get away from my creepy wife and the I, brother that I'm certain she has fucked? There's that. There is that. <laughs> like, please, yeah, no. <sighs> but the, I, I'm seeing and finding things out that I don't want to <laughs> see or find out. You know what? That and is a very good point. Croy, so. I will absolutely say that what, like, when they sit him down... And they're just like, it's just exposition on exposition mm-hmm. on exposition. If I was in that place, I'd go have a cigarette. Yeah. I don't smoke. <laughs> I would be like... See, even though I'm white, at some point I'd be like, no, I've seen Get Out. I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do not want to be a part you of it. You guys are trying too hard. <laughs> Stop it. You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of information that you are throwing at me right now, and I just need to go process can, it. Can I, like, take several years to find out the family's dirty secrets? Right. Yeah. Please. Because this is all, just all at once. You're, you're hurting me. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> oh, shit. And then Grandpa comes back. 
Grandpa came back because because of his diabetes. Is what happened. <laughs> I'm sorry. As a diabetic, I can tell you right off the bat that diabetes actually gives you a fucking sweet tooth. <laughs> it's insane. So, mm. and my A1C is going to be fucked up when I go to check out next because <laughs> I've been doing this whole Bob needs to gain weight back thing and I'm like fuck it give me the waffles <laughs> what what pancreas <laughs> <laughs> but damn grandpa comes back and what, what does it say what, um, as a resident at a, <laughs> a, a the, the putrefied maggot infested corpse also accurate. Yes, also also very accurate. But didn't keep that hair, which I'm shocked at. Maybe because maybe it was just matted down with dirt. I don't know. But that, like, shock of white hair just surrounding this dude's head, like, at points. I'm like, what caricature did you come from? And why aren't you going back there? Because you're frightening. You're frightening. He obviously was a Rick and Morty cosplayer just really early. Obviously, right? Super, super fucking early. It's like thirty some odd. Years I think we're early. breaking, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> but and then the cake and the shock face is just, just frozen with that fucking vamp lighting. I'm gonna make you people watch vamp. Oh no! I'm gonna <laughs> vamp. Yeah. <laughs> because it's horrible and wonderful at the same time, and it has DD Viper in it. As long as it's not Liquid Sky. <laughs> No. If either of you choose Liquid Sky, I won't watch it. There's one movie that I won't watch, and I'm not telling either of you the title of it. Mm. It's not because you will specifically (laughs) choose it. Then it's not. It's not because it uh, it scares me. It's because it annoys the shit out of me. Uh, hmm. I've never heard of it. So it's on Shutter, and I tried to watch it, and it's about aliens that are looking for heroin on the planet Earth. Oh my god! That sounds fucking. I know. And so I was like. Done. But it has this it has this piercing synthesizer music oh going all the way through. <laughs> and I got about thirty-five minutes in before I was just like, I can't do it anymore and turn it on. Oh my god. Real quick interjection. Yeah. Not entirely related. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get around to watching the FP two? No. Okay. It's still on Amazon Prime. Okay. It was a movie at Nightmares that helps me come down from the bad man. Yes. Um, because I needed a fucking break. For <laughs> sure. um, he needed to give his penis a rest. Also, yes. <laughs> it, it was a day. Um, so I go and I watch it, and I don't know what I'm really expecting, but I know I know that it's not exactly a horror movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. It's hands down like one of the funniest movies that I have ever seen. But it's very like millennial kind of humor. Okay. Like it's a very specific kind of like. It crosses a line into absurdist, but it doesn't go quite as far as like uh, the Tim and Eric show right. because that I didn't like. Um, but it's a kind of absurdist that's really funny. And when you said aliens are looking for heroin on planet Earth, it made me think of the FP because the whole th- the whole plot line, at least of the FP two, because I haven't watched right. the first one, um, is beats of rage. Yes, yeah. 
So the, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a dance battle. It's a, it's a dance oh, battle yes. on a video game called Beat Beat. That's like DDR, but people actually get hurt like in the Yu-Gi-Oh cartoon. <laughs> yes. Because oh, because the main the main I'm character so ready. the main character no 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 I'm not done. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. The main character has to make money because the alcohol mines under his trailer park have dried up. <laughs> Exceptional good news is Jason Trost, the star and director and possibly writer, not 100%, um, posted on Facebook, it was either today or yesterday about it, uh, they are filming three and have confirmed four. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. I'm sold I'm down. I'm watching it tonight. <laughs> I'm watching it tonight. Oh my god. Is the FP on Prime? I don't know if the first one. It doesn't look like it. <laughs> I know the second one is. And let me tell you, the highly cerebral plot line, you can probably skip the first one. Yeah. It says that you can watch it on Con TV app. Okay. And it says, in the future, a relentless turf war rages. Two rival gangs feud for control of rural race- wasteland Fraser Park, the FP, mm-hmm. in the deadly arena of competitive dance fight video games. Oh God. An ancient game becomes a deadly sport. Right. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so ready. It's so funny. Oh Everybody god. talks like a white person trying to affect <laughs> urban lingo. It's incredible. <laughs> I can't oh wait. So getting back to this movie. Yes, the show. Not my favorite. Not my favorite. But it's one of the better ones. The it is good. One. It is good. Uh, the next one. Is the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill, you lunkhead. It's based on King's short story, Weeds. I'm not sure which book that's in. I I couldn't tell Um, you. Jordy Verrill, played by King himself, a dim-witted backwoods yokel. The words, god damn. With coked up eyeballs rolling out of his head. Yeah. (laughs) Um thinks that a newly discovered meteorite will provide enough money for the local college to pay off his $200 bank loan. Oh, Which it almost certainly would. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> He's not bright. He's not bright. He's he was... not a bright man. Yeah. Not a bright feller. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, he finds that the meteorite is too hot to touch, uh, you know, by touching it. No. <laughs> or the fact that it's Sizzling. a meteorite. <laughs> But he finds it out by touching it. Obviously. Because he's an idiot. Right. Who, we've had this conversation on this podcast before. Stop just touching the stuff that comes from the sky or just oozes from the ground without special tools. You're going to lose something. You're going to. Whether it's your hand, your entire fucking body. Just that weird, pussy, white blister that, I'm sorry, those blisters should not have been that pussy after five minutes. But hey... Space goo. What the fuck? Uh, um, he's, so he does it with water, causing it to crack open, thereby dashing his hopes of being paid for the space rock, and spews a gl- bleh, to crack open and spew a glowing blue substance that uh, comes into contact with his skin. Meteor shit! <laughs> <laughs> to be fair... I feel like that was the original Tide Pod because the shit <laughs> looked delicious. <laughs> right. Oh my god! <laughs> ah. Oh, King would know he was sucking on it all all, all during filming. Uh. 
drinking Listerine. Right? Uh, he then finds himself being overcome uh, by a rapidly spreading plant-like organism that begins growing on and in, due to his sucking on his burned blistered fingers, his body. Uh, as the weeds start to grow on the house and everything uh, everything Jordy has touched, Jordy pours himself a bottle of vodka. He falls asleep and wakes up moments later, only to find out that it was not a dream and that he has now grown a beard of weeds. As Jordy starts to take a bath, he is cautioned by the ghost of his father that the parasite wants water and to not get in the tub. But when the itching from the growth on his skin becomes unbearable, Jordy succumbs to temptation and collapses into the bathwater. I never need to hear those noises coming from Stephen King. <laughs> By the next morning, Jordy and his farm have been completely covered with dense layers of the hideous alien vegetation. So many big words. <sighs> um, in despair, he reaches for a shotgun and blows the top of his head off, thus killing himself. A radio weather forecast announces that the heavy the, announces that heavy rains are predicted, and that the audience is left with the dire expectation that this will accelerate the spread of the extraterrestrial plant growth to the surrounding areas. This one was just fun. Yes. Yeah. And I never expected Stephen King to be a good actor, and it's fine that he's not a good actor here. He's supposed to be a fucking hayseed. Play that shit yeah. nine million miles from your body. Make everyone see that you are acting like a dipshit. Mm -hmm. because, because your character is a dipshit. Right. Right. Your character has a first-grade education and no understanding of the word alphabet. So... You know, and potent. You know, other than the fact that we saw your gigantic fucking teeth, you could have been missing half of them, and nobody would have thought the wiser. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this one was just fun. It is again indicative of stop putting your hands near the alien rock that came from outer space that could possibly be harboring something that could make you sick, pregnant. Um, disintegrate it could do something to you don't touch the space rocks stop doing that as much as I want my big budget remake of the remake of the blob stop touching things in holes <laughs> <laughs> shit wait <laughs> yes. I'm so gonna stop things. talking now please speak on the segment oh you don't want me to speak right now there's so many things running through my head to say that I'm not gonna say I don't have a whole lot to say about this one it's really short it's got just Stephen King in it um, right. save for I think there is a flashback or a, uh, a dream sequence where he goes to the university um, yeah. and there's a couple other people there I'm not even sure that they there's, talk there's that guy, the, the one dude at the university and the um, goes to his father yeah, yeah, and the announcer that you hear right the um, but yeah, it's pretty straightforward it's it's interesting, it's well done especially for the time Yeah, and, and it's, it does not at all seem like it would be out of place in one of these comic books no, no. He, I mean, I'm glad that he chose this one Mm -hmm. to adapt it's great it's my favorite it was my favorite when i was a kid because mm -hmm. it's funny it's funny it's i feel like it's one that you can show you know i would say mid mid age 
yeah. children yeah. and above. And that was like seven or eight, even. Yeah, there's there's a specific I would say. Sequence. There's yeah. really not a lot in this movie that I would not feel un- com- uncomfortable showing right. my kid. You know, yeah. you know, over the age of ten or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because it's it's that kind of horror. It's not. I mean, this would be rated PG thirteen today. Yeah, yeah. You know, had that had it gone through the rating system again, it would be rated uh, PG thirteen. Other than maybe the, uh, the use of the word fuck. Yeah. PG thirteen. Well, in the blood and crate. Yeah, yeah. Even but that the, wasn't a lot of gore. It was yeah. just blood. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, no, th- this is. It's just the way those comics were written. Right. Yeah, they know kids are going to read them. Mm. You know, and the way that this was put together by Romero, it was really faithful to that. Yeah. It was really faithful to, we know a kid's going to sneak out and watch this movie. We know a kid's going to sneak into the into the uh, movie theater, you know, to, to go see Well, it. You're, you're set up from the very get to have the perspective of a child. Oh, yeah. You know, because there's Joe, mm-hmm. you know, that and the big bad daddy is taking the comic. Right. And then you got the creep. Mm-hmm. Get, giving you, you know, like, come here, kid. Right. And then you get the tails. So it's like oh, yeah. they put you in a kid's seat. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, but yeah, this was this was the fun one. Let's see. Something to tide you over. This is my least favorite. I feel like it's kind of a slog. Like I'm walking out of really wet sand. That's what it feels like. I always forget about the first act of this piece. I always it think it like starts in the sand. Thing. Right. Yeah. Right. I feel like, and then I go, oh yeah, they have this whole I do think, back and forth before mm-hmm. they ever happens. I do think had it started in the sand, it would probably be a lot better. Yeah. 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 But um, Richard Vickers, a vicious, wealthy psychopath whose spry jocularity, God damn it, kid, put down the Red Bull and the dictionary. Go have sex or something. Just <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Um, whose spry jocularity belies his cold-blooded murderousness. Woo! I know! Ah, oh, fuck. Stages a terrible fate for his unfaithful wife, Becky, and her lover, Harry Wentworth, by separately luring them out to his secluded beach property, and then, at gunpoint, burying them up to their necks below the high tide line. He explains that they have a chance of survival if they can hold their breath long enough for the sand to loosen once the seawater covers them, they could break free and escape. Vickers sets up a, uh, a closed-circuit TV camera, or multiple cameras, sorry, so that he can watch them die from the comfort of his well-appointed beach house. The caucasity. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> mm. Looking directly into the camera, Harry vows vengeance, which, as we all know, is the best way to cast a curse. <laughs> through closed circuit TV in which, to which Richard retorts gotta hold your breath Harry the next day Richard returns to the spot he buried Harry in and finds the ruined camera tripod but no sign of Harry's corpse Richard chalks up the lack of cor- corpses due to Harry and Becky being carried off to, to sea by the current however Richard is in for a surprise of his own when the two lovers he murdered return as a pair of waterlogged seaweed covered again revenants Intent on revenge. Dude, you already used that word once. Um, Richard attempts to barricade himself in the bedroom, but they suddenly appear inside. Uh, he tries to shoot them, but they remind him, you can't shoot us dead, Richard. We're already dead. 
the couple tells Richard that they intend to do the same, uh, same to him what the, he did to them. The camera pans in on Richard as he continues firing gunshots, laughing that this is all a crazy experience. The final scene reveals that Richard is now the one buried in the beach, facing the approaching tide and the sight of two sets of footprints disappearing into the surf. While the tide is rising, he laughs hysterically, his sanity shattered by the experience, and screams, I can hold my breath for a long time! The frame freezes into animation, and the flipping comic page stops on the title of the next story. This, seriously, it always feels the longest. And I get that it's more Hitchcockian mm-hmm. than others, but it is just a slow it's so slowly paced that I can't as compared to the rest of the movie I, I don't like watching this piece I will go do something else while this piece is on and just kind of listen to it see I will kind of check out for this piece but I think it's because it upsets me so much mm-hmm. it makes me so uncomfortable because it is the realist mm-hmm. out of all of them at, le- at least up until, up until they come the back from the dead Right. but you know the the just the methodical delivery from Nielsen is Uh, terrifying to me. And you, this is one thing, because I knew Nielsen from... Naked Gun. uh, Naked Gun, right. Um, Which is... When did Naked Gun come out? That was mid-80s. Well, at first it was Police Squad. Well, yeah, Police Squad, too. And and then Airplane was first. Uh Mm-hmm. And then Police Squad was in the 80s, and then Naked Gun was 90s. But it was the same... It was Police Squad, the movie. Yeah, it really was. Um, So, But I was... Even before I really knew who Leslie Nielsen was, because I know I'd seen this before a lot of his other movies, and it just probably didn't register, because I was so young. But I knew Leslie Nielsen more as a comedian, and then coming back and watching this now, after being <clears throat> familiar with his stuff, I'm like, oh shit. Dude it can act, actually act surprisingly well. He's just known for being a moron. He, like, yeah, I'm, Leslie Nielsen fascinates me mm-hmm. because he is, he had this whole classic acting career mm-hmm. up until like airplane and then it he was just so good in it that he's that's just what he's known yeah. for now yeah and he loved himself a fart joke it's on mm-hmm. his gravestone right letter rip is on his gravestone because mm-hmm. he loved fart jokes so much and yet here he is in this movie and he scares the shit out of him <laughs> <laughs> and i get that i really do because he's absolutely chilling yeah he really is. He's just got this. You can see the sanity break. Oh yeah. Yeah, and oh, he's yeah. so calm the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's just so secure in himself that he is the smartest, and that he's got this figured out. Right. The whole time. Right, because you know who's going to believe that the corpses came up and did this to him? Right. Who's going to believe that? So meh. But, uh, dude. The and Ted Danson. Ted Danson had some gigantic hair. That wasn't actually his. <laughs> he still has quite a head of hair. If you watch he, The Good Place, did he stop wearing the pieces? He's got. He still has the pieces. Oh, okay. It, but they're white now. Oh, they to match the natural hair. Yeah, but I mean, it looks good. There you go. 
But uh, no, in in the eighties, his hair was very very poofy, very poofy, and it disturbed me. <laughs> but and of course, at that point, I had known him from Cheers mm-hmm. for sure. So again, this big shift from yeah. being a comedy actor into someone in this Hitchcockian thriller, it was amazing. It was amazing to me. So, but again, this is still my least favorite because it's so slow. Mm. Be- because I mean, even at the end where they're just kind of waddling through the house, you know, after him. That's it takes too long. It takes too long. This could have been told in 10 minutes instead of the 30 that it got. So, meh. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, the crate. <laughs> uh based on the short story The Crate, uh, a college janitor Mike uh, this skips a lot by the way, that okay. we'll have to go back and talk about because they miss a, a bunch of the, the character-building stuff that should be in here. Okay. Um, Mike, uh, the college janitor Mike drops a quarter and finds a wooden storage crate marked Arctic Expedition, June 19th, 1834. 1834? It's 18-something. Okay. Well, no, I know it's 1834, but I'm like, were people going to the Arctic at that point? Oh. Uh, they had attempted. Yeah, well, there you pretty go. sure. Um, I don't know if any were successful, but I know there were attempts by them. Yeah, I'm not right. good at dates. Yeah, because I thought that that was in the later 1800s, because photography was a thing. Um, now, finds it hidden under a staircase. He notifies Dexter Stanley, a college professor of the find. The two decide to open the crate, and is, it is found to contain an ape-like creature with a mouthful of sharp, slobbery fangs. Uh, Daryl uh, Ferrucci, the the... Puppeteer. Yeah, yeah, the person in the suit. Um, which, despite its diminutive size, promptly kills and entirely devours Mike. Leave, excuse me, leaving behind only his boot. Why is that word funny right now? Oh, because I'm high. Um, escaping, Stanley runs into a graduate student, uh, Charlie Grease, uh, Garrison, who's skeptical and investigates. The crate has been moved back under the stairs, and uh, Garrison is killed by the creature as he examines the crate. Stanley flees to inform his friend and colleague at the university, the mild-mannered Professor Henry Northrup, established as a victim of emotional spousal abuse via his perpetually drunk, obnoxious, and emotionally abusive wife, Wilma Colby Billy. Yeah. (sighs) Stanley... Now, traumatized and hysterical, babbles to Northrop that the deadly monster must be disposed of somehow. Northrop sees the creature as a way to rid himself of Wilma, whom he often daydreams of killing. (laughs) He he contrives a scheme to lure her near the crate where the beast does indeed maul and eat her. Northrop secures the beast back inside its crate, then drops it into a nearby lake where it sinks to the bottom. He returns to assure Stanley that the creature is no more. However, it is subsequently revealed to the audience that the beast has escaped from the crate. This is so much fun. Because wood gets wet, you dumb shit. Right? You idiot. Frankly, that crate should have floated. (laughs) I'm sorry. There's still air inside the crate. It's gonna float. Unless you, like, poured cement in there with it. Uh, there were air holes. There was plenty of, like, like, yeah, spots where, like, the boards didn't meet. Yeah, Yeah. air could have escaped, but still. Plus the weight of the thing. Yeah, but that's not necessarily going to cause it to sink like a rock, though I did. Not like a rock, no. Yeah. But, uh, no, this is my favorite. This one is my favorite. Because it's, it's just the right amount of terrifying, plus just the right amount of funny. It, it's like, 
Jordy Verrill tried to get that balance and missed. And then something to tide me over went the other way with it. Mm. You know, so I don't get as much humor. But this one, fucking spectacular. <laughs> Just that that combination of, you know, the shrewish, hysterical wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that she's hysterical, she's just funny. You know, the, this this woman who is browbeating the fuck out of everyone around her. Constantly. Not just her husband. She is <sighs> your stereotypical, loudmouth, crass person that you just want to punch at every given opportunity. And Adrian Barbeau, I love you to death. You can also be my Nana if you want. Um, you played that shit real good. I wanted to punch you. Oh, I God, wanted yeah. to punch you, Adrian Barbo. Please don't make me want to punch you, Adrian Barbo, because that's horrible. No, she she absolutely fucking deserved it. Oh yeah, she fucking deserved you. You are one hundred percent team Henry. Oh, you cheer. <laughs> that shit. Feel you like cheer. this is your moment, Henry. Do Go it. Yeah. for it. Yeah. No one blames him. No. No. Zero. Not at all. Nope. 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 Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Oh, that was best. Just like slam her head against that crate. Do it. Go for it. I love that part. (laughs) It is my favorite part of the whole scene because when she's just like, I knew it! And she just starts hitting him with her purse because it didn't work. And he's just like, "Shit, why didn't it eat her? Why? Why didn't? It, ow! Why didn't it eat her? Shit!" <laughs> so, but so then good. she gets it. It's like she gets it. Yes. Ah, drag her over sharp rocks. Oh. <laughs> teeth or whatever. Uh, right, oh or teeth. The murder bones. Yes, please, sure. please drag her over the 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 luxury murder bones. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but at that party, like, how in the hell are you behaving like this at? A function for college professors, one of whom you married. Are you a used car salesman? Because stop. How do you make money? I am certain without a shadow of the doubt that this character was a stripper or something. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, she married up. Uh, oh, she yeah. absolutely and, did. And he went to go relieve some stress one night, mm. and she hooked a big old hook in and just stayed yep and that that is it is that kind of relationship it is it's, oh my god but yes i love you adrian barbo please don't make me want to hit you <laughs> and also don't hit us with your purse and yes and also don't or yeah big old lady's purse Actually, we won't hit, we won't hit you you won't hit us there will be no hitting it'll be wonderful <laughs> but no, this is it's just that it is, and I'm surprised that I don't get this with the Leslie Nielsen segment, with something to tide me over. This just meshing of the humor and the horror is mm-hmm. amazing. It's really fucking well done in a tight little story. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this was like, you got multiple locations, you know, throughout the college. You got the houses that you had to deal with. Mm-hmm. This is, 
this is a full, rich story, and it's fucking hilarious. And that's uh, this is why it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Absolutely is. What do you guys think? This one terrified me. <laughs> um, like when I when I first watched it, like the image of the reveal mm-hmm. of the thing in the crate, like just stuck oh, in my teeth. head. Yep. Um, which it was, of course, designed to do. Right. Um, but yeah, it just like stuck in my head and terrified me constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's good for that because yes. that is kind of an iconic creature. Also, yes. Yeah, Fluffy is something that when when you ask or or when you Google for a picture of Creepshow, you're gonna get a picture of Fluffy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every time. And also maybe the poster art. Right. Maybe. Right. <laughs> See, I, that is one of the best posters. Yeah. yeah. Or the cover of the comic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you get the cover of the comic, that, oh, that just, oh, uh, yes. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it drew me in. I'm like, yes. And I'm, uh, we go to the library, uh, and it happens, uh, we go to the public library, it's like a field trip or something, um, and I found it. I'm like in second grade. I'm like, oh, creep show. So I start reading the comic, and the teacher's like, are you enjoying that? <laughs> Like yeah, it's great. It's like oh okay, carry on. I'm like it's it's like it's not like she could take it to the librarian and say here you gave my kid right uh, yeah you know inappropriate material. It's I'm the teacher and he found a book that he's enjoying reading. Yeah, uh, enjoying reading. It's like well at least a little shit's reading. Yeah yeah. Well in second grade I had a really nice teacher. She was amazing. I loved her. Um, little Jewish lady. She made us latkes at, at Hanukkah. Oh, well, nice. Yeah, it's delicious. Part of, like, in, like cultural studies mm-hmm. and stuff. So we, we studied Hebrew because she was Jewish. I'm like, oh, you've given me carbs. I love you forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, all right. What did this? Um, you know, I couldn't say which one of the stories is my favorite. I mean, I would lean towards saying that the Tide one is my favorite because it affected me the most, but I definitely don't like watching it because it makes me so uncomfortable. It it scares me so bad. (laughs) Um, Remember, we still have a segment. I know, we do. Um, But... The crate is is very good. I really love seeing the development of Harry mm-hmm. throughout, yeah. especially after he gets the deed done and he's like, that monster's in the ocean. Right. We're going to play chess now, aren't we? Sit. You know, <laughs> he's just like, all of a sudden he has developed a pair right. of balls. Right. You know, like, but this is the this is the only one. He killed to get his own fucking life back. Yeah. The, this, well, I'm not going to say it's not, it's the only one. Um. But it has a happy ending. Yeah. You know, at the end, you're just like, hmm, yes, I mean, she's dead. You know? Like, a bunch of other people also probably are yeah. because the creature escaped. Right. But, yeah, sure, I, I and guess. And we don't know <laughs> if the creature will actually be coming back for him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he still has to swim all the way back up. Okay, now I want a sequel to The Crate Kids. Make it happen. But, <laughs> yeah, I like... I, the crate is up there, I think, because it does have a really nice three-act arc in yeah. such yeah. a short little mm-hmm. package, and yep. it's got the humor, and it's got a nice, um, it, it's got, it, it does have, a, like, a bit of a a twisty, kind of, like, at the end. Yeah. But it has a really nice ending, just wrapped up nice with a bow, and right. they're going to play There's their chess and it. never talk about it again. Right. There's just a flow to it. Yeah. It's really well done, mm-hmm. this segment. Um, they're creeping up on you. Upson Pratt 
is a cruel, ruthless businessman whose various phobias have him living in a hermetically sealed futuristic apartment controlled completely with electronic locks and surveillance cameras. His apparent contacts with the outside world are through the telephone where people call to denounce Pratt for ruining their families and Mr. White, a put-upon employee who is made to run errands. Um, during a particularly severe lightning storm, he finds himself looking out over the concrete canyons of New York City. God damn it! Please, dude, stop jacking off on your keyboard. The Mother concrete fuck. canyons. I know. What the fuck? Damn. I'm son. loving it. <laughs> this is like the most well-written <laughs> fucking thing. They, they put they put their they put tender love and care into yeah. this. Spin on this one. Huh. As a rolling blackout travels his way. Uh, when it hits his apartment tower, the terror begins for Mr. Pratt, who now finds himself helpless when his flat becomes overrun by hordes of flat. This person was British. Uh, <laughs> becomes overrun by hordes of cockroaches. As the situation rapidly becomes worse, he locks himself inside a panic room, only to find the cockroaches have already infested the room as well. With no way to escape, he's swarmed by the roaches, which induces a fatal heart attack. Later, as electricity returns to the building, Pratt's corpse is shown in the panic room, now devoid of roaches. However, Pratt's body soon begins to contort as the roaches grotesquely burst out of his mouth and body, re-enveloping the panic room in the longest, most uncomfortable bug scene in the history of fiction. Mr. White calls in to report, but he gets no answer. He then says to himself, what's the matter, Pratt? Bugs got your tongue? <laughs> oh, God, I hate this fucking sequence. Um, I mean, as much as I absolutely love watching a billionaire actually get eaten. Uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't with the bugs. I can't, can't. Um, this, this is the sequence that grosses me out yeah. the most. Even though I know intellectually that from a cleanliness point of view, a cockroach is cleaner than your cat. And your cat... Yeah, Frito. Yeah, Frito yes. does not like, appreciate yeah, such cho- such She also doesn't like her own bits. <laughs> She's she fat. Can't. She can't reach them. <laughs> so, it's not a judge, Frito. I can't either. Miss Lickety Bits. <laughs> um, or non-Lickety Bits, whatever. <sighs> no, just... Because, uh, just scientifically, a cockroach's exoskeleton does not really allow for a whole lot of bacteria to cling on there. Yeah. A cockroach is cleaner than your dog. Don't care. I know. It's still disgusting. I, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I don't care either. Because this is that that lizard brain mm-hmm. of ours going, that's a thing I don't need a nope uh, to be near. That nope. Nope. Do you want to try that one again? No, I don't. <laughs> it was perfect just the way it was said. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> No, I'm just thinking of my my biggest cockroach uh, encounter in my life. Ooh, do I get to tell mine first? I don't know. I don't know if I even really want to go into it. All I can say is that I emptied a bottle of Raid onto the thing and I could watch it breathe still. Yeah. That's how big it was and that's how strong it was. I got aced. I was, we were living in Tennessee in military housing. I got up on a Saturday morning. It was calm. It was the middle of summer. I didn't have to do anything. 
It wasn't even my birthday. It was just a good day. I go into the kitchen to get my large bowl of sugary 70s cereal. And I get chased out by like six friggin' cockroaches the size of my hand. Ha! Oh, well, my six-year-old hand. I mean, it was right. pretty small. But still, it was large at the time. <laughs> I'm like, Mom? <laughs> no. Can we do something about these? Because they're fucking vicious. And... No, I'm not going in that kitchen again. And the next time you try to feed me pickled beets, I will throw them at you. That's just because pickled beets. Are I was right. about to say, what is that? <laughs> that's, not, that's not related. That's just but... something that needed to be said okay. to my mom. <laughs> but no, yeah, like, like a herd of them. Like I could almost hear them, like tiny elephants on my fucking linoleum in the '70s kitchen with the avocado stove. Ah. But the real important question <laughs> that I almost don't want to answer is were they running or flying? Oh, the flying ones were in Hawaii after I was a little older and could duck in time. Um, Mine was all of the above. Ooh, Florida? No, New York. Ooh. Oh, well, yeah. flew right by my ear. I can still very clearly hear the thwop, thwop, thwop of uh-huh. its wings. Uh-huh. And th- I can physically still feel the air displacement <laughs> on the uh-huh. side of my fucking face. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Whole bottle, bottle and a half of Raid. And it was on its back, breathing deeply. That's where you get the fucking shoe. <laughs> no, we. It, it was. If it, if it helps. If it's on its back. It doesn't back, have lungs. Then they're, how was it breathing? Lungs. Because it was breathing. They're book lungs. They're a type of lung. They're not the same kind of lungs we right. have. Right. The thing was breathing. After a can and a half, <laughs> and a whole. We, we took a whole roll of paper towels and just encased it. And just squished the shit out of it, and then threw it in the in the trash in the hallway, which was right next to my best. The, my the, my best friend was like cat a corner to me. Mm-hmm. It was right next to his trash can. Graham, I'm so very sorry to bring up this story again. I'm sure you have <laughs> bobbled it up in your memory, but it's real. It happened to us. It happened to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you have plenty of tales of the delightful sewer rats in New York, too. Oh, yeah. The size of small puppies. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, rats do get large. I was in a group of about 50 people on the subway. We all just calmly watched one crawl up out of the, the, whatever you call it. Track. The track. And go about its business. It crossed the freaking thing Mm -hmm. where we were all standing. All of us just quietly... Mm-hmm. Watched it. Well, what are you gonna do? And it goes back down the track, and then everybody started talking again and going right. about their business. <laughs> the entire platform well, was that's dead silent. They don't want the tiny little killer to go, come lunging at their face. Exactly. All <laughs> of us just. It's like, no, you just let it do what it's gonna do. Uh-huh. It's probably not gonna bother you. It'll be fine. That's what I do when I'm sitting on the front porch and the skunk goes by at night. Exactly. Like, oh, hey, buddy. I'm just gonna. Pretend you're not there, and maybe you'll do the same. Had that motherfucker go under my chair one night. He was testing you. Uh-huh. Do you uh, want to hear a completely pointless like story about skunks? Oh, God, go for it. <laughs> there was such a skunk problem in mm-hmm. my hometown that at this point the smell doesn't even register for me as bad. Wow. It's just nostalgic. Like, uh-huh. I'm just like, ah, oh, home. Wow. So, it doesn't bother me actually, at all. I actually don't mind the smell of skunk. Or gasoline. 
Oh, I for sure do not want the smell of skunk around me. But there's like worse, if I there's worse smells in the world. Like if I'm like driving along and I get a whiff of it on the highway, I'm like, eh, skunk. Yeah, I'm just like, it's, mm, it's not. Um, it's not like painful. Then, it's not entirely pleasant, but it's not. It's not a bad thing. But I also like the smell of gasoline too. So. I think that's gasoline's different. never bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're very different smells, but right. they're, they're still along that kind of gassy methane sort of mm-hmm. thing. So. Alright. Okay. Epilogue. The following morning, the garbage collectors, one of which is Tom Savini. Yeah. <laughs> Hamming it up for oh, Jesus. God. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I, every... He's another one where I get completely starstruck. I have, I have walked by his table at conventions no less than like ten times and just said... <laughs> like, oh, hey, it's, it's Tom Savini. He's like, come on. It's I'm like, ah! <laughs> if he shows up at Nightmares one year, I'll be like, oh, my God, and run. Like, okay, weekend over. Gotta go. <laughs> because I don't know why, but he, he he's like such a hero that I can't. I had an easier time talking to Lou Ferrigno, and he's got arms the size of my head. Um... I hear mixed things about Tom Savini, though. Really? Yeah. At Dragon Con, he's always super cool. But then again, Dragon Con is also, you know, fifty thousand friends drinking. For sure. <laughs> yeah, like I've heard, I've heard some people say that you know they had a great time with him, and they they, then I I've, I've heard other people say that he was an ass. Well, James Dewan was a complete ass to me. Yeah. He's a dick. Mm. Dick. I don't know who that is. Scotty. On what Star was? Trek. He's now in the stars. Was, yes. Original Star Trek, Scotty. Did you watch the movies? The Scottish one. <laughs> I never. I the never. engineer. We can't put it. Uh, what? What is it? We can't. She can't take it? any more cotton. Yes. Giving her all she's got. Giving her all yeah. she's got, cotton. Yeah, I, I know that. I know. Hello, that computer. I know that from <laughs> when they made fun of it in Futurama, but I never watched the original Star Trek. Well, or any of them. Really. That it, the guy that it said that. Yeah, is yeah. who we are I'll, speaking I'll, of. I'll just be murdering you in your sleep. That's fine. For being so fucking young. Watch the original Star Trek, man. It's classic. Only William Shatner can, in fact, suck a dick and die. For sure. Yeah. He no went, question. Yeah, no. He's just a nope. Of a you don't watch either. it for him, though. No, you don't. You watch it for Uhura and Zulu. <laughs> That's why. Oh, Zulu. Um... The following morning, two garbage collectors fi- find the Creepshow comic book in the trash. They look at the ads in the book for X-ray specs and, Charles- and a Charles Atlas bodybuilding course. They also see an advertisement for a voodoo doll, but lament that the order form has already been redeemed. Redeemed. Huh. Inside the house, Stan complains of neck pain, which escalates and becomes deadly as Billy repeatedly and gleefully jabs the voodoo doll as he finally gets revenge on his father for his past abuse. That voodoo doll got there real quick. It really did. Really did. I mean, maybe the issue was a couple months old. Oh, true. Yeah. But, I'm like, man. man. First off, why are you aiming for the neck? I mean, I guess you just want him to suffer. But, all he did was take your fucking comic book, kid. I mean, All we he did on screen. All he did on screen is take the comic book. You're right. Well, he did hit him, too. Yeah. So I oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Also not on screen. Wasn't that Chattel Play? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
But, but you still, still mark after. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But um I'm like, dude, dude. That escalated quickly. <laughs> well, I I think that it's the straw that broke the camel's back yeah, with probably. the kid. Yeah. Probably. And he was he was like plotting the whole voodoo doll thing, like saved up his it, this is definitely premeditated. Like he saved up his money. Oh, totally. He got the little coupon. He waited all the like the four to six weeks for shipping. Mm-hmm. You know. He he's been planning this. Right. So he probably wanted to stretch it out a bit and start at the neck and work down. <laughs> <laughs> and four box tops. <laughs> <laughs> God. God is Ovaltine fucking decoder ring. Oh my god. <laughs> I used to love that shit. I always wished I had the money to order that shit. <laughs> I know, right? Like, ooh, x ray specs! I knew they were a joke. But, uh, and the itching powder. Yeah. Uh, all that shit. Uh, by the way, in case you're wondering, the stuff that goes into making itching powder is the hair off a of tarantula's back. Mm hmm. What? Off yep. toy and rose spiders. Oh, fuck Because that's, no. a, that's their actual uh, primary their defense. defense. Oh, fuck no. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Do not bring in the fucking... <laughs> no. Nope. Um, I was going to go into a shitload of trivia for this, but I forgot to put it in my text file. Mm. So, oh. And I forgot it. Um, there's, no, there's... Because this movie is so straightforwardly made, there's not a lot of... I am going to go into one thing about the Chilean rose spiders because it's really funny and I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> so their defense is not just that the, the hair on them is itchy. Okay. When they are in danger, they explode their hair off of them. They get on the <laughs> other thing. Oh they'll take their back legs and just flick it off. <laughs> they will fire that shit. It's, it's way funnier. I don't like spiders, man. I don't either, but that's fucking hilarious. I know it is. Like, imagine just being scared and just all of your hair rocketing off your body. Like, <laughs> and, like, that's a, you know, evolution-approved defense mechanism, right? I don't like it. I don't like it. But, uh, okay, so a little bit of trivia. Um, this, much like any other George Romero film, is filmed in Pittsburgh. Okay, um, I've actually been to a lot of the places where this was filmed. Oh, I cool. lived in Washington for like a year. Um, I know that um, one of the universities in Washington, Pennsylvania, was also where they shot The Dark Half, which is another George Romero, Stephen King flick. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Stephen King has any you know, big shakes about going to Pennsylvania. Right. But they did... Uh, it was filmed in Monroe, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, in the suburbs, including Monroeville. Uh, they did lease an old boys' academy to build the, a lot of the sets in turn, uh, you know, inside. So um, they have that big, just that big space to build sets yeah. in. Um, why does it say all boys and then all girls for what? Okay, whatever. Um, in the crate, a lot of the, the sequences were filmed at Carnegie Mellon. Mm. Oh. Uh, Father's Day was filmed on location uh, at a mansion in the Pittsburgh suburb of Fox Chapel. Something to Tide You Over was filmed on location at Island State Beach Park in New Jersey. Uh, except the interior stuff was in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, 
but Ted Danson, what the hell? Ted Danson explained his brief shot of the character drowning underwater. They made me a little aquarium tank. I got in a wetsuit and climbed in. And somebody would re reach down with an oxygen, oxygen tank ventilator thingy and I'd breathe. And then they'd take that out. And then there was a yoke made out of, I don't know, wooden fake sand. So it looked like my head was buried in the sand underwater. Pretty common trick. Mm -hmm. All right. So the cockroaches, though. They provided... Uh, at the American Museum of Natural History, uh, Ray Mendez and David Brody provided 20,000 cockroaches. Nope. 20,000 cockroaches for the, that episode. However, most of what you see in that panic room at the end is nuts and raisins. <laughs> <laughs> so, muesli and bugs. Which, according to those people who are insectivores and really like that sort of thing, is just muesli. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Tom Savini specified because he did a lot of the practicals mm -hmm. for the film, for the movie. So uh, he specified use nuts and raisins for it. Plus, it gave the cockroaches a food source while they were on on location. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's see sequels and adaptations. <sighs> Creepshow three featured no involvement from Stephen King, George Romero, or anyone else involved in the production of the first two. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, stop staring at me. I see I'm going to smack your eyeballs out of your face. <laughs> You're the one making those faces out loud. <laughs> um, Creepshow 2 only had three stories, by the way. As yeah. Opposed to two. Uh, as opposed to five. Creepshow 3 went back to five. But it also stuck to I didn't more make it to all five. I did, and it was bad. <laughs> um, I think I made it through maybe two. Um... A pilot episode for a web series called Creepshow Raw uh, wrapped on July 30th, 2008, but uh, it had it was directed by Wilmer Valderrama and features Michael Madsen. No other episodes were produced. What? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that sentence. The f oh, what was it? You tell okay, wait. You're telling me that Thez said, "You know what? <laughs> I want to make Creepshow." Yeah, he did. And he did it. And he got Michael Madsen for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> I need to see it so bad. I need to find it now. Yeah. Creepshow Raw, kids. That's what it's called. Creepshow <laughs> Raw. Huh. And Shudder now has the Creepshow uh, series coming out. So that'll start September yeah. 26th. Which I what, what? am there for. Mm -hmm. There for it. I so it excited. Um, they did really well. I know, I know it wasn't Shutter, but I think it's a Shutter. No, it was Sci-Fi, um, but it's a Shutter exclusive now. The um, the Channel Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Sci-Fi. Real good. Hmm. So. And I know that um, M Night Shyamalan of all people is going to be bringing back Tales from the Crypt. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. How yeah, I feel about and it that seems like it's still floating to in ruin the wind. Everything he touches. Yeah, it seems like it's still floating in the wind, though. Like, they're, they've been talking about it for years now, it yeah. seems. And But before yeah. any of this, I want Lovecraft Country. Come on, Peel, give me. Oh, my God. Give, give to me wait. the 1930s tale of minority oppression with Cthulhu. Bring it. Bring all of it. I want it. Thank you. I will provide sexual favors. Just so <laughs> you know. Freaking need it. <laughs> 
But uh, no, the yeah, Creel does it. They can talk about Lovecraft's cat, right? <laughs> da, mm, girl, we don't like that word. No, we've already kind of had that discussion on the podcast once. I know, but we don't. We don't like to talk about the name of H.P. Lovecraft's pet cat. We don't. Google it on your own. Please but do. be ready. Be and don't blame us. Yeah, yeah. we didn't do it. In fact, we do not condone it. We at all, at all. We 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 have just discovered that there is no such thing as a pure human being, and sometimes our heroes have faults. In this case, <laughs> his was extreme racism. <laughs> it really was. I'm like, your work is amazing, but oh my god, can you tone it down with the N word? Fuck me. Or you know, calling all of the mm. African American population savages. Yeah. <laughs> And, and or apes about and, that yeah, yeah. Like regularly yeah mm, like, like in all of it i mean once is mm. too fucking many but yeah oh he was mm, yeah very racist lovecraft damn you would have been had you made it this far so canceled so canceled Ugh. yeah man this dude like archie bunker would have a hard time dealing with you <laughs> which which is worse though the extreme racism of Lovecraft or the extreme anti-Semitism of Walt Disney. <laughs> oh, I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> I, I'm not going and, to And the extreme racism. So Why as, not? As, I mean, as, Song of the South. Hello. Yeah, Splash Mountain yeah. is a thing. As, as somebody who is not a member of either of those groups, I'm not ranking them. That's fair. Yeah, I'm not either. That's absolutely fair. I'm not going to do that. We have our own. Mm. Thank you. We get to deal with the homophobia. Yeah. And that's. And I'm sorry. You're a woman. (laughs) No, I just. You're the worst. I just got. Like as you were talking about, I just got this very clear picture of. I don't know if you guys know it, but Pirates of the Caribbean. There is the last house that you see in Pirates of the Caribbean is the only one on fire, and there is a broken menorah in the window. Mm -hmm. I hope they change. (laughs) They have not. It is still there. The redhead scene has completely changed because of Me Too, but that freaking menorah is still there. Oh. Okay, kids. Time for you activist-minded ones to get a petition going and get some proof going and then make sure that Disney removes that goddamn menorah. Yeah. Motherfucker. If the the redhead scene was too much for people, that building should be too much for people. Period. Sex work is work. They should have left the robot hookers alone. <laughs> I didn't hear a single person be like, "Yay, they're changing it." Right. Well, they also changed it to slap fucking Johnny Depp in there. They slapped Johnny Depp in there before they did all yeah, this shit, though. They did. They did. But damn it! Oh, by the way, with the new Creek Show, we've got Tobin Bell. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, we've got. David Arquette. And we've got Adrian. Uh Uh-huh. Yay! Um, Yeah. uh, Apparently the pilot episode uh, of the new Creep Show is going to be based on Survivor Type, which is from Skeleton Crew. Ooh. Yeah. I read Skeleton Crew, but I can't remember what that one is. Well, let's find out. Yes, please. Hang on. That's what the Google Foos are for. (laughs) Survivor type. 
I read I, I read Skeleton Crew like middle school, so it's <laughs> He wrote himself about this story. As far as short stories are concerned, I like the grizzly ones the best. However, the story survivor type goes a little a little bit too far even for me. Survivor type is written as the diary of a disgraced surgeon who, while attempting to smuggle a large amount of heroin aboard a cruise ship, is abruptly interrupted when an explosion occurs deep within the ship and it rapidly sinks. After barely escaping the sinking vessel while encountering a storm in his tiny lifeboat, Pine finds himself marooned on a tiny island in the Pacific with very limited supplies and no food. A self-proclaimed survivor type, Pine bitterly whittles away the time by using a logbook and pencil as his diary, detailing his rise and fall in the medical profession, and is determined to uh, to survive the ordeal and get even with the people that screwed him over. This is the one where he has to amputate his own limbs as a food source. Yeah. Using the heroin as anesthetic. Okay, so <laughs> then he ends up a limbless junkie. <laughs> Although I re- we really shouldn't use the word junkie. Addict. A poor, unfortunate opiate addict. Jingle jangler. Jingle, yes. <laughs> but, but, but then the diary entries end when he cuts off his left hand because he says lady fingers. They taste just like lady fingers. Oh, no, they Ooh, don't. No. I'm certain that Pretty they do sure not. They actually taste more like pork. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. I just want to find that book. Pig. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, this was, because it's short form, I think Stephen King managed the stories a lot better. Mm-hmm. And his lo- it's, it's his novels where I generally have the issue with the endings. It's the short stories that are super good. Um, and in this case, you've got five of them. Mm-hmm. And they're fucking delicious. All of them. I, I can't say that I hate any of them. They're all wonderful. I do have favorites over them. This is one of the very few situations in an anthology where all of the material is just as good as every other piece. Mm-hmm. Unlike uh, you know things where, like VHS, where it's all different directors, here you've just got the same director telling different stories and showing that level of craft. Right. Fuck you, George Romero, for being that goddamn talented. <laughs> Yeah, because and you you've you've given us the gamut of horror here. We've got monster. We've got curses. We've got revenge. Revenge. It, oh, it's it's all fucking delicious. It's all of it delicious, and most of it, in fact, all of these stories have to do with revenge. Yeah, all of them. The great. Yeah. Well, except for Jordy Verrill. But yeah. That's mostly revenge against himself for being stupid. <laughs> but. uh He's like, just let me do this one thing right. Oh God, poor Jordy. Yeah. Poor Jordy. Oh, when you're when you're begging to make your suicide go right, <laughs> you you get a little bit of sympathy from me because you know I know how that goes in your head. It sucks. It sucks so hard. But you know, ugh. still that character was an idiot, an idiot. Um. This is one of my favorite movies. It's not. A, it's in my top ten. It's not in my top five. It's in mm-hmm. my top ten. Um, but it's just. It, it's wonderful from beginning to end. I. I. I it, even in movies like VHS, where I can pick out a clear favorite, um, I can also point out a clear one that I hate. Mm-hmm. In in most other other anthologies. In this one, there's nothing I can complain about. Just because I didn't like something personally doesn't mean it wasn't well told, well acted, well acted, well scripted, yeah. well lit. 
Because, you know, in something to tide you over, you've got that garish pink and green lighting. It's yeah hard to look at, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's just like that same type of lighting they used in, in Vamp, which was all, again, the pinks and blues and greens. You know, that, that single color of light to make everything contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, Romero just, really, I think this is one of his best works. Oh, yeah. It really is. Um, Dark Half, we're not going to talk about. Oh, we've already talked about uh, Monkey Shines. You know, obviously, he's going to be known for Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. You know, primarily. But yeah. he should be just as well known for Creepshow, because fuck me, this is beautiful. It's amazing. What are your thoughts? You, uh, go for it. I actually don't have too terribly many. Cause, I do this all the time. Well, most of my <laughs> things are going to be in ratings. <laughs> Um, this was as far back as I can remember this is one of the first if not the first horror anthology movie that I watched mm-hmm. um, I knew the comic book from when I was a kid uh, but this this movie kind of made me fall in love with the format uh, it's why I was so excited for VHS it's mm-hmm. why I was so excited for ABC's of Death um Oh, Even though I was not as much of a fan of, of some of those. Um, but I there were also way ABCs more. Of death. Really? I much preferred ABCs of Death 1 and 2 over... I much preferred VHS. VHS. Well, but because I also, they're found footage? Yeah, is that why? That's probably a factor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, well, I mean, Siren. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that very first segment of yeah. VHS, plus the wraparound for the first one? Yeah. Just fine. Everything else, no. I can't. Um, but a- ABCs of Death was just so friggin' novel. Because yeah. now you've got a three-minute yeah. short movie. Three mm-hmm. to five-minute short movie. It's quick. Boom, 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 boom. And you don't have time to get bored. And you don't even... You don't even care that some of the segments are, are worse than others because you can't really tell they're going by so fast. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I much prefer ABCs to VHS. I much prefer VHS, but... Mm-hmm. Your um, mileage may vary. Yeah. As we always say. Max. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that even early on in my whatever horror-watching career, when I started taking it seriously, I guess, because I, I started watching a lot more horror. I started watching a lot more classics. I started watching a lot more things that I hadn't heard people talk about, which, for better or for worse. Right. Um I, I think that watching an anthology really early made it really easy for me to get into things like shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, there's are, there are these disjointed stories where, in this case, they're all generally told by the same guy with Romero. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, it, I think it helped, and it made me appreciate a lot more cool. than just a feature. Nice. I think this is a classic that gets overlooked a lot, maybe because it is an anthology. Mm-hmm. But I think it is really one of the hidden gems of the 80s. Oh, yeah. I think that it is probably Romero's most. Um, uh, what, what am I looking for? Not underground, just like least recognized mm-hmm. um, films. Yeah. You know? Uh, I know a lot of people who didn't even know Romero directed it. Right. You know, when I would 
get on my soapbox in college about movies and stuff. But, um, yeah, I think it's something that everybody should watch. Mm-hmm. And each of the six sequences are so unique to one another. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really just a, a directorial achievement. Right. It's yeah, almost yeah. a masterclass just by itself. Yeah. Yeah. In directing horror. Yeah. Um, I hate to do this. <laughs> I was supposed to be somewhere very shortly. So, um, ratings, <laughs> ratings. Yes. So we're going to do this quick and dirty kids because <laughs> I was supposed to leave for someplace at eight o'clock and it's just about eight o'clock now. Um, I love this movie. I've already said it. It's fucking perfection. It's not perfection, perfection, but in my eyes, it is mm-hmm. a classic horror movie that should be revered for the achievement that it is. So, on that uh, on that note, I'm going to give it five out of five Adrian Barbos. <laughs> I also really, really enjoy this movie. I don't like every segment. Well, I don't love every segment, but I at least like every right. segment. Um, there's not really a whole lot to dislike. Definitely go watch this if you haven't. It's on Shutter. It's been on Shutter for as long as I can remember. Um, and I hope it stays that way. I hope it remains accessible. Sweet. Um, I'm going to give it four out of five cautionary masturbatory tales of Jordy LaForge. <laughs> Jordy LaForge? What? You're welcome. <laughs> Wrong Star Trek, man. Background Star Trek, baby, all day. Just for you. Funny, LaForge is the guy that replaced Scotty as the engineer. Is that new series? Just so you know. I'm only like vaguely aware of who any of these people are. Oh, God, do your ratings. (laughs) Did you say Journey replaced Scotty? Character-wise. The parallel there. What? No, man. He's the engineer. The guy, Cole Meany. That's the guy on Next Generation. No. Jordy LaForge was the head engineer. Jordy LaForge drove the ship. No, that wasn't Jordy. That was Data. Data drove the ship. Jordy fixed the ship. Jordy was Scotty in The Next Generation. Battle Royale. (laughs) (laughs) All right. <laughs> so I have this no conversation. Skin in this, game. <laughs> this conversation is not finished. Um, but that being said, as I do the ratings, I'm looking up Jordy DeLaForge. Um, I think that if you consider yourself a horror movie fan, you need to see this movie. It's just one of those that needs to be in your lexicon, so you, to to refer to to re- know what. Yeah. Stephen King can do what Romero can do. Mm-hmm. What you know that what what is capable in horror? Oh, yeah. I, that that is why you should see this movie. And at the um, time this was a game changer. It really was in terms of storytelling, in terms of what people wanted in audiences. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So that being said, I'm going to give this 5 out of 5 um Toothy white smiles through a keyhole. <laughs> oh, that fucking iris thing at the door in uh, the last segment mm-hmm. where he's like talking to Mr. White, who's not white, by the way, which makes this revenge piece just so <laughs> fucking delicious. Oh, God. But no, no, damn. This movie, 
is a thing. I gotta go, kids, so I'm sorry. But if you need to get in touch with us, email us at bob at candycodedrazor.com. You can see us on the website at candycodedrazor.com. I swear, at some point, I will actually put up a new blog post. Um, you can catch us on Facebook at Facebook. Facebook.com slash Candy Coated Razor Blades. You can find our Patreon at Patreon.com slash Candy Coated Razor. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram at CCRB underscore podcast. And we don't use Twitter no more. I'm RC. You can come talk to me in our Discord. Talk to me about how I don't know Star Trek because I don't know Star Trek. <laughs> uh, you can talk at me about it and I'll be like, oh, okay, I know some of those words. And then probably move on with my day. <laughs> And my name is Stephanie, and he began as a helmsman, Bob. Whatever. And anyway, so we were both <laughs> correct. Stephanie Hayslip is my name, and that is my game. You can find me pretty much anywhere with that or Night Pet with a Y instead of an I. And please check out my articles at fangirlnation.com. Okay. On that note, kids. Go enjoy your creep show. This wonderful. Bye. 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 Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, so rusty that is. He started as a house.